How about that uh, music? I want to thank Becca and Fred for providing that audio for us. And then um, I want to thank BuzzBiz Creative for letting us use our studio. We're here down here at BuzzBiz. So if you're looking for any kind of marketing or graphic uh, work, video, they, they do all that. So it's BuzzBiz. And they're also doing more political stuff. So if you're running for mm-hmm. office or need any, anybody, um, call BuzzBiz. Joined here uh, by Senator Kevin Meyer. Hello, Senator Meyer. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Good. This is the third podcast, so okay. Glad, glad you uh, glad you're in here doing this. <laughs> my you, pleasure. Thank you. You used to be my senator, right? About ten, I guess, ten years ago, eight years ago. Yeah, probably about eight eight to ten years ago uh, after they did the redistricting. So yeah, because um, when I first got involved in politics a little bit, I went to I don't know some community meeting and I didn't even know who my reps were or anything, yeah. and yeah. it was you and. Chris Tuck and somebody else, and it was like a community meeting. And then I got to know you a little bit, but then it changed in 2012, and I got put into Liesl Senate, Dis- Liesl McGuire Senate District. Okay, okay. So it's going to change again here in a couple couple years, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. That's what uh, makes this election very important that's coming up, because this, this governor will get to pick, uh, along with the uh, legislature as well, um, the members on, on the board of redistricting. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think... Um, the governor gets two, and the House president gets one. The Senate president—excuse uh, me, House uh, Speaker gets one, and the Senate president gets one pick. And then um, I think they actually have somebody from uh, one of the judges uh, make mm-hmm. a pick. So there's a, a redistricting board that gets right. chosen, and then that's going to be for 20—that'll be in effect for 2022 election, right? Right, right, right. And then they, they, start, they start drawing or they start working in 2020, or is that— um, yeah, they, I, they, they start in 2020, but then it's not done and finalized till 2022. So, um, yeah. So whoever gets like, in, uh, my Senate seat is a four year seat. So if I was to run again this year, I would be, I'd represent that area till 2022. It, wasn't there a deal where <clears throat> I think it was Senator Giesel. She kept having to run every two years instead of every four years because yeah. of the redistricting, something changed or she got, she got moved out. Or moved in. I remember she had, she had it run every two years for like six years. Yeah, she, that was just the luck of the draw, I think, um, because I, um, when she first got elected, it was in one district, it was and there was only two years left in in that Senate um, seat, and then uh, the redistricting happened, and so she had to run again because I think they they split it um, so that only half get a four year term. And right. Yeah. Two and then I think that it and then got they challenged. Redist- yeah, it got challenged and it changed again, and so then she got a short. Uh, uh, draw again. So yeah, that was it was kind of frustrating for her. Yeah, what a, that's why people do the Senate, right? Because it's four years. <laughs> yeah. Because with the House, you pretty because you were you were in the House before. Yeah. It's yeah. Every, so once you win, you almost have to pretty soon start your yeah. campaign again. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess it's maybe it's only fair that she had to do that because she's never been in the House, and as you know, a lot of people start in the oh, House right, and yeah. they go go to the Senate. But I tried to go. I'm for sure the, she didn't see it. That I way. tried to go for the Senate. A couple yeah, of, I didn't get it. Did, but but I, yeah. I was thinking, you know what? It's uh, four years. Is like, you can get a lot more done in four Absolutely. years. Than, Absolutely. And a lot of people do that. And and um, you know, more power to you if if you can. In my case, I started you know pretty much at the bottom and just uh, yeah, so, over uh, years worked my way up. I was gonna say you're you're kind of the the kind of you've the traditional. You started on the assembly Anchorage Assembly, and you were on there for three three terms, right? Uh yes. Uh-huh. And then you went to the state house and then to the Senate. So you've kind of seen some people run for an office, maybe state Senate or I don't know, Lieutenant Trump, you know, ran for president. Yeah, exactly. They've never been in an office. Yep. 
Um, but you, you've seen kind of the local and the state level uh, issues. And I think uh, probably would that help you out, you know, when you're looking at some of these things? Maybe oh, you know I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Who to talk to in the city or what, what mechanisms happening uh, on any kind of issue? Yeah, no, you know, uh, um, in, in my case, I was fortunate enough to come up here in um, 1980 with Phillips Petroleum. And then, of course, um, and then Phillips was going to move me, and I, I had moved around a couple times, and I liked Alaska, wanted to stay in Alaska, wanted to raise a family in Alaska. So I, I was able to get on with Arco and Atlantic, I don't know if people remember that, Atlantic Richfield Company. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the old one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, that was, Once in a while people bring up Arco, I'll hear, I'll hear that. You know, yeah, that was up through story. 2000, yes. And so, uh, so I worked at Arco, and Arco was um, kind of a smaller oil company, and they re- really promoted getting involved in your community. And, and, of course, I'd always been involved, you know, through college and high school, even in the key club and student government, et cetera. So um, I started helping on campaigns back in uh, early 80s, and, uh, and, and then um, pretty soon people were recruiting me to be the community council um, president. So Yeah, I did, I did that too. I was, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it, primarily nobody else wants to do it. So it's pretty yeah, easy. Usually <laughs> if you don't show up, they make you the president. Or, <laughs> yes. happens. Yeah, so I did that for a while, and then, and then you know, pretty soon um, they're looking for a candidate to run for the assembly, and they asked me if I would do it, and I didn't know anything about it, and in fact... Did you, did you know how long and boring some of the assembly meetings get? Uh, no, I really didn't. Because somebody asked me before, do you want, would you maybe run for assembly, and I go, no. Yeah. No way. Well, the good thing about the assembly is you're, you're here in Anchorage. So not you, going to Juno. You're not going to Juno. You're sleeping in your own house, in your own bed um, every, every night, and... Uh, and, you know, I think for the most part they meet, it's just the one uh, on Tuesdays once every two weeks. Um, right, yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not too bad. There's committee meetings sometimes, right? Kind of. Yeah, during the week they'll have maybe some special committee meetings and things like that. But uh, the, if I recall, the routine was you'd get your packet uh, on Friday and then because it would always be on my doorstep when I got home from work. And then you'd spend like the weekend reading it, Monday maybe following up with some questions, then Tuesday, um, you'd have work sessions during the day, and then uh, that night is the actual assembly meetings. So you, you did the whole, you did the three-term deal. You did, uh, I guess, nine years, right? Well, I was elected to three terms, and um, let's see. So my third term started in 1999, because I first got elected in 93. So I went 93, 96, and then in 99, I got elected again. And then uh, I was encouraged to run uh, for the house, uh, because, um, my, my house rep, uh, Jerry Sanders at, at the time was, uh, wasn't doing very good in, in the elections and in our district, which was predominantly Republican. And I think people were just kind of frustrated with him. And, uh, so you've, you've been in the same district the whole, the whole time. Yep. Right? Yep. So, uh, they encouraged me to run, which I, I know is unusual to, to run against a fellow Republican in the primary. And, Not and, for me. <laughs> 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 no, it's, it's 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 all I know actually. Yeah, that's yeah. my normal. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, and also as you know, then it, it it's it's hard to beat the incumbent. Uh, very very hard. Yeah, extremely hard. Yeah. So you know, we just uh, you know we worked it uh, hard, like we did all three um, elections in the assembly, and uh, you know, and actually a house uh, district is smaller than an assembly district, was, right? So was. you have a bit of a like a, a senate district's pretty big, but a house district is you know. Half yeah, the, of the Senate district. Assembly so. district is probably the same size as the Senate district, if not maybe even a yeah, little bit bigger. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah. Especially the ones out there in South Anchorage. I mean, it goes from Tudor all the way down to 
pretty yeah, far. Yeah, if I recall, my assembly district, and it might even still be the same, started on Abbott on the south and then went all the way east to uh, 15th, to Barr. I yeah, had wow. Airport Heights and, you know, Rogers Park, Geneva Woods, all, all those guys. And so, yeah, when you're used to walking all that, and then all of a sudden you're just walking, um, you know, half the size, if if even that. Um, uh, it's you, can, you can, in a house race, you can really hit those those doors a couple of times. I, three or four least, times yeah. is what we did, and, and I think that's what won it for us. It, uh, was the other guy going, or was he kind no, of just taking no, it no. for I, granted? Yeah I, yeah, I think he was taking it for granted um, and was fairly complacent. You know, he, he always won, and, uh, you know, he was a Republican, I was a Republican, and... Um, Do you remember know. what the split was? Was it close, or was it... Uh, you know, it was fairly close, I think, maybe 200, 250 votes, um, again, in, in a... Were you... Were you Expecting to win? Were you not sure? Were you kind of... No, I wasn't sure. No, I wasn't sure. And you, and you heard the, the results came in and, wow, I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, then we went from there to uh, to the primary. So we Have you ever lost a race? No, I haven't. You've never... So you've read all the... Ra- wow. Yeah. So you, you don't know what it's like to lose a race. No, no. That's a good feeling. It, it to is. not know. <laughs> I know what it's like to lose too, so I can I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you just always go out and do your best and and help for the and hope for the best. But you never know. You know, voters. Uh, you know what you think they may want one year, the next year totally different. So. So you um so you were in the legislature since two two thousand, right? Right. Uh-huh. So you were there when the last fiscal crisis happened. The Right. They all crashed early 2000s, and there was a very similar discussion um, then as there has been for the last couple of years about taxes and permanent fund and different things. Right, and, right. And there was, I remember somebody gave me, I think it was Andrew Halcrow gave me, a, it was called a Fiscal Policy Caucus mm-hmm. Manual. It was pretty big, mm-hmm. and I read through it, and essentially it was identical to what has been talked about the last couple of years mm-hmm. in the legislature and by the governor. Very similar kind of ideas were thrown around, but yep. then the price of oil started to go up. Yep. Yep. Well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty limited on, on your sources for new revenue. Um, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me that what we talked about in early 2000 is, is similar to what we're talking about today. Um, but believe it or not, I, I was even uh, more conservative back then than, than some would say I am now. Cause uh, I remember when the percent of market value concept came up in the house, I was in the house, I voted against it. It's still passed. That's for using part of the permanent, permanent fund. For right. Right. Government. And, and at this time, too, we were going to put it in the Constitution. So it, it took 27 out of the 40 and uh, we got it in the House and then it went over to the Senate and um, it didn't go anywhere. So, yeah, we were we were talking about that that percent of market value even back then. And it didn't pass. And like like you said, uh, ultimately, it turned out we didn't need it because the price of oil did go up. But it's a little different. The environment's different this now because back then uh, we had almost. Um, Oh, I'm I'm going to say a million, maybe even more uh, barrels of oil. Right, yeah, over a million. I think you're right. Yeah, so the price of oil didn't have to go up much with that kind of volume to to make up the difference. Because we're we're a little over half a million now. Yeah, yeah, we're about 550. Yes, you're correct. So that's why the price really has to go up substantially before uh, we we get uh, much relief to our So $20 oil with a million barrels is like $40 oil with half a million barrels. Yeah, maybe I, mean, I don't know about the percentages of taxes and the rate and all that, but yeah, but it's uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in the '80s it was two million barrels, right? The peak. Yeah, yeah, that, that was in the peak, and you know, now that I think of it, I think that was like nineteen, late nineteen eighties. So I think it was like '86, right? It was kind of when the big 
crisis happened, right. the physical thing, but the oil was kicking through a couple million. Right, right, right. And then we've kind of been going down slowly ever since then. So you've been in the House and the Senate. You served as Senate president and the rules chair. You've kind of yeah. You've kind of done all the big positions in there, and now you're running for lieutenant governor. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about why you decided to run for lieutenant governor, and then also, um, I guess, kind of how it's been, because for a long time when it was a Republican legislature and Republican governor, um, Palin or Parnell, it was probably easier in some ways to get stuff done than like when Walker won, he kind of teamed up with the Democrats, and as we've Mm -hmm. seen the last couple years, it's been a little bit um, contentious with what he wants and what the legislature wants, and especially the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, after the the Democrats took control of the House, the Senate, you know, President Kelly kept saying we're kind of the we're the ones in stopping the income tax. Right. So how, I guess how has it been the last couple of years compared to how you know it was when there was Republican governor and um, you know Republican legislature? Okay. Yeah. Well, so I served eight years in in the House, um, and the, and most of that was on the Finance Committee, and and the four of that eight was actually the co-chair of Finance. But uh, again. Uh, by the time I, be, I became the co-chair, you know, the price oil, as you mentioned, was, was going up and we were at a deficit and, and, um, and uh, back into in the surplus. Um, so then um, I left um, my senator retired, Senator uh, Cowdery. And so I ran for the um, Senate um, and won. But at that time, it was 10-10 split, 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats. Well, it was a co- coalition. Yeah. yeah, well, it was a coalition even before that. Under actually under Lida Green. Um, did you run? Did you have an opponent with the college? I forget that one. Did you run unopposed, or did you have an uh, opponent? Um, I, I, yes, I had. I had a Democrat opponent, but um, I, I, I think it was one of the Higgins, either Patty or Pat Higgins. They they, they rotate. Yeah, they, 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 they switch <laughs> off every. It seems like it. They tag seems in, like, tag out. Yeah, one year though, I had their daughter Rachel. Um, oh, so, a, oh, really? The daughter ran too. Yeah, but it's, I don't a, it's, think, it's a family event for those. It was the Higgins. I don't think she liked it though, because she hasn't done it since. And uh, so, um, yeah, we won. We won. We won, and, and then it was ten ten split, and and so I I did join the bipartisan coalition, um, which which was interesting, um, um, especially as I kind of look back at it now. Um, you know, being in the same caucus. As as uh, Wilikowski and Hollis Senator Wilikowski and Senator French, yeah, and you know, you just kind of go well, now. What 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 am I doing here? But I, actually, we we did pretty well. It's just that in a there, bi- there was quite a few. I mean, there was Senator McGuire was in there. Yep. Um, Senator Steve Gary Stevens, Bert Stedman. I mean, there was quite a few Republicans that were in the yep in that group. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, you know the the year I got elected, there was three of us that kind of held out. Um, uh, and that was uh, Senator McGuire, Senator Menard, Linda Menard, and then uh, myself. Uh, we were the new ones at that time. And that's I remember that very vividly because I ran in 2012 and I was very new and mm-hmm. I was worried about the spending, but I was kind of surrounded by different folks and I was kind of I was running against the coalition, you know, because mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. Senator McGuire was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I remember very vividly that was like the big. A lot of people wanted to change that, and it did change actually in 20. 20- 2012 um, after the 2012 election yeah so let's see the first two years i was i was the um education chair and i think maybe uh lbna uh, chair that's the um, legislative budget not it and uh so then the next term again it was still 10 10 um and um uh, i became the majority leader this time which was kind of interesting um so and Johnny Ellis was the rules chairman, and uh, Senator Stevens was was still the the president. He did it uh, for two terms, four years. 
Um, Gary Stevens. Gary Stevens. Yes. Yes. Um, so and then and then uh, and then after Who's, that, uh, then uh, uh, Pete Kelly and uh, Click Bishop or or maybe John Coghill. One of them then beat um, Joe um, Thomas and Joe Pascafan. I think that was Bishop. I think. Or no, because they were both Pascal and Thomas lost. Right, their, their races. Right, one lost to Pete because I remember Pete uh, Kelly, Senator Kelly, um, like two weeks before the election, went off on a on a mission with his church. Oh, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. And we're all going, "What the heck? Who does that?" Do you know, right before the election, and <laughs> and then he won. So it's like, okay, that's what you need to do, I guess. That's what a lot of people. <laughs> there, there was kind of a joke about. I remember the the Joe Miller, you know, Lisa, Lisa Murkowski thing. Yeah. When he when he said he was measuring, you know, measuring the drapes. Yeah. The joke was if he would have just went to Hawaii for two months, he probably would have won. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. <laughs> just leave the state. <laughs> so, so that's when we we switched then back to a, a clear Republican Senate uh, majority, and um, and then uh, I forget. So then I, I became the co-chair of finance again uh, in the Senate, and then um, after that, and Charlie Huggins was the president, mm-hmm. and then after that, um, the next two-year cycle um I, I was the president charlie uh stepped down and and uh, so i took his place as the senate president so you were before that you were were you the rule were you the rules chair or were you the no I, I'm, I'm currently now the rules chair oh you're rules chair now but you were finance co-chair i guess yeah i went the majority leader under bipartisan and then uh, uh finance chair once we all right here's a, here's yeah. a question we're all wondering at least i'm wondering yeah is it hard to go from president back back to something else but stop being because when you're president you kind of Run the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, was it? Was it? Were you? It's, oh, I don't want. I want to be keep being president. Um, no, not not really. I, I don't think it's too big of adjustment. And, and it, you know, I basically did the same thing that Senator Huggins did. You, you went from the uh, from president to uh, the rules chairman. So you're still in leadership. You still have a say. And you know, hopefully, they still uh, want to listen to you. Um, uh, but usually, yeah. Or. I don't, it's not nothing in, written in stone, but the rules chairman is kind of the guy that's been there a while that, you know, knows the rules and uh, so, is the one that knows when to put bills on the floor, when not to put them on the floor. So the rules chairman really controls what bill, what bill goes to the floor right. when, right? You can, so I think there was an issue with, was it the smoking bill? Because get, Representative Ledoux is the House rules chair, and there was a smoking bill, I think, that wasn't getting on the floor, and I think a lot of people were asking her about it. And, right. Um, so so if, if you really hated a bill... That you just said, I don't want this bill, even though everybody else wants it. There, is there is there a mechanism to deal with? I mean, eventually the caucus could could say, Hey, you have to. We want this bill. You're putting this bill out there. Absolutely. So there's there are some ways to over if it's so many people want something. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks, Oh, the rules chairman, you know, can kill bills, and and uh, he or she can. But if there's a groundswell of support for it, you got to do it. Because there was that deal with one of those bills. This uh, I think it was maybe the. The breeze law, breeze law one, mm-hmm. or, but there was that Rule Forty Eight thing that right. came up where nobody really. Last time it was used was in the nineties, but if a majority of the body votes, you can they can discharge a bill from the from the committee. A majority of the uh, of the um, committee. Oh, but c- can the can the body do it as well? The, the actual Senate or House or just um, the committee? I think that I think what you do if it's the whole body, you would you just make a motion that I I moved. Uh, would uh, pull such and such a bill out of committee, and then it's a simple majority. Um, so there's always some kind of there's a rule. Yeah, there's, there's always there's a way. Yeah, that's good. Because that rule forty eight was you're right hadn't been used for some time because there you're just you're dislodging it from the committee itself um, with just the committee members, and um, yeah, and uh, 
you know, she was successful doing that. And, and so the bill ultimately. Yeah, it was a it became a big kind of event because a lot of people weren't, weren't even aware you could. Yeah. I never knew you could do that. I, I don't read the rules. Yeah. So, so you, you know all these, you guys use the Mason's rules, right? Yeah, right. So right. have you, have you, do you read, you know, because there's all <laughs> kinds of procedural things that I've heard if you understand the rules, you can really create trouble for people. Yeah, there's a, there's the Mason rules, which of course a lot of uh, organizations and institutions use. And then what we have our own, what's called uniform rules um, that, that, that we basically have um, just set up to, and developed to help us with, our uh, day-to-day um, activities, um, and again, that you can change those fairly easy with a with a, ma- um, a majority. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you basically have two sets of rules you have to uh, remember and use. And so, so, so if something goes, if some if there's a question, do they talk to you or do they talk to the parliamentarian? Or it depends on the, um, on the question. Yeah, well, the rules chairman is kind of the parliamentarian. We don't have such uh, a person a parliamentarian so the rules chairman would probably be the closest okay i thought the one time i thought maybe the house secretary or uh well, yeah your house secretary um it does know the rules and and uh but it, it, she's obviously she or he is not a member of the, of the body so a lot of times you know they'll they'll ask me if i don't know i'll ask her because she yeah she is so expert. when you're the rules chair, you're kind of you have to you have to know the rules, but you have to, I guess, enforce the rules, right? Right. So right, you're, right. you're maybe not somebody's friend sometimes. Sometimes, that's correct. You're the guy who has to cut, like the, the the awkward HR meeting. You know, come come on, come on in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sometimes it's not pleasant. So okay, so you've been in the House and the Senate, and uh, now you're running for lieutenant governor. Right. And uh, I want to talk about a little bit. You, you, I guess you filed last year, right? Yes. Yes. Last, um, uh, I think, officially September, I believe. So let's talk year. about uh, why you're running, and then also let's talk about this. Very strange six-way Republican primary okay. for lieutenant governor because it's a lot of. I mean, the the Dem- I just realized this. The Democratic primary was two people, right. but that Blatchford guy withdrew. Right. So it's just that Deborah Call. Right. She won. She's winning. Right. But you, the Republicans have six, and you're you're one of them. So right. Um, first, let's talk about you know why you decided to run for lieutenant governor. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as as we've talked about, Jeff, um, I have quite a. F- uh, a lot of years of, of public service, elected service, 26 years to be exact. Um, I think it's technically eight years on the assembly and then eight years in the House and 10 years uh, in the Senate at, um, as of December of this year. So, um, you, you know, and, and it, all this time I've also kept my job in the private sector, still working for ARCO basically, because ARCO, huh. of course, is Phillips and, and now they're ConocoPhillips. Um, and and so and and in order to do the 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 uh, legislative thing in, in Juneau, I always had to take a leave of absence. So I never really got a full year of work in. Um, Must have been really hard last year when that never-ending session right. was a couple hundred days or two right. hundred longest right. one, right? Right. Yeah, last year was very frustrating. Uh, frustrating for anybody who was a citizen legislator who wanted to get back to work and, and actually um, you know uh, work their their other job. But also it was frustrating to constituents. I mean, um, people were just downright upset. Like, you know, how come you can't get your work done? And how come, you know, um, you can't find a solution or a compromise? And you're just there to collect per diem. Um, so um, so not only was I personally and most of the legislators um, frustrated and upset by, by the 211 days and, and, and frankly, nine special sessions in three years, but so was the general public. And um, so I just thought, like, okay, you know, if, it, if I'm frustrated and the public's frustrated, then something's not right, and it's, it's time for me to uh, step, 
step aside here and, and let somebody else do this. And so, but then it dawned on me, that's, that's too easy for me just to retire and quit um, because I'm leaving the problem there. And I, I personally believe that the problem was um, you had a governor and lieutenant governor who um, had, um, neither one had served in the legislature before. Um, in fact, I think only, I think both of them may have been elected to small town uh, mayors, well, Walk, uh, Valdez and- Bill Walker was unit. mayor of Valdez when he was like, when he was like 27. Yes. He was pretty young, long yeah. time ago. Yeah, and then, and then I think uh, Byron was uh, mayor of um, Yakutat. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so that was really the only- um, That's elect- interesting because yeah. when you're a governor and you haven't been in the legislature, you're, that's a good point. I guess you probably don't see or understand the, the inner workings right. as well as somebody who's you know, been there. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I think Governor Walker in particular was kind of caught off guard. It's like, well, you know, this is a good idea. You guys should just accept it. But, you know, our, our role is is a uh, separate but equal branch of government. And, and our role is to, um, um, you know, be the check and balance of, of the executive branch. And uh, so, no, we weren't going to just buy something because the governor said it was a good thing. And, and uh, you know, frankly, um, you know, we, we represent a body of people in the Senate. I represent uh, 35,000 people and, you know, their views may not be the same as, as, uh, as the, as the governor. So, um, I think the big ones were, I guess the income tax, the sales, sales, the taxes were the big kind of, yeah. Biggest. Yeah. I think he threw just about every tax out there, uh, his first year. Um, because I think he thought, okay, everybody should have some skin in the game. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I know there was a, a uh, increase on the head tax on the on the cruise ships um a mining tax certainly an oil tax um just about all the resources fish tax except timber but there really isn't any timber um, anymore it used, to, it used to be a big boom in the yeah 80s, yeah yeah timber was huge and they i think they, they went too hard too fast with the, some of the timber yep and then uh, of course the the easy ones alcohol and tobacco so uh yeah but those I, were i mean what do those bring in like tens of millions of i mean almost nothing right um, when, it, when you're billions in the hole, yeah, yeah, yeah. These little things they add up to a little bit here, but it's a drop in the bucket, right? Really, yeah, yeah. The um, the first year that I was the Senate president, I remember um, we were 3.5 billion in the hole. So even if you passed all these taxes, you were still going to have to use the uh, earnings and your CBR, uh, which is our constitutional budget reserve, which, which was that, our main savings. That's all, I mean, that was 16 billion at the peak and now it's down to about 2 billion. I yep. think that yep. got us through the, you know, the price of oil is going back up. It's about 80, it went, actually went over a couple of days ago, went over 80 for the first time um, in almost four years. Yep. It was November, 2014 was the last time it was above 80. So it's in some ways good. I just hope it doesn't, people, maybe too easily forget, oh, you know, it's good, it's good again. Yeah. Um, well, we, we still ended up a 2.3 billion, uh, short this year. Um, and, and again, you know, the governor was first at least a couple of years, uh, pushing the income tax. And, yeah, and, I remember. It was... And, and then a corresponding reduction in, in the PFD. Um, and what we thought is that, okay, before we start talking about taxes or even um, reducing one's PFD and using the uh, permanent fund earnings, um, let's, let's, get the, let's get the reductions and let's get the reforms, let's get some of the restructures, let's get a spending cap in place. Some of these things that, you know, kind of clean up our house while we have an opportunity here with, you know, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're short, have a shortfall, what do you do at your home? You go, okay, what things can I get rid of? And uh, we want to do that 
with with our government first before we start uh-huh. talking about new revenue. But then you know the House has switched to Democrat controlled, um, and the, even and the governor as well did not want the reductions, reforms, restructures that that, that we did. So we weren't able to get them. And so uh, ultimately, we ended up um, getting the bulk of our, our funding for government, um, uh, as you know, this year with the uh, with with the reduction of the PFD. So you um, did you so you're running lieutenant governor. Did you ever? You said that you were kind of wanted to see a change. You weren't you weren't kind of right happy with the way things are going. Did you think about governor or like why lieutenant uh, governor? Yeah. Well, at at the time, I think that I. Uh, decided um, there were already three or four good people running for for governor. I, I think at that time uh, you had Schnault, you had Hawkins, you had Dunleavy, and right. maybe that maybe that's it. I was thinking there might have been a fourth one. Um, and so um, I thought the best thing I can do is is help um, be a team with one of those three, and then as as a team, then we could hopefully defeat um, the, the the governor in, in the election and. Um, and so, um, you know, now, of course, you got uh, uh, baggage in there, too. So I, I don't yeah, that know. was a curveball. Yeah. June 1st. <laughs> I was down there at Division of Elections when he when he came in and it was like pretty slow all day. And then he showed up and it was like, pff, you know, it was like this big yeah. event and there was this kind of press conference outside. It was kind of huh. kind of pretty, pretty, pretty random last minute thing. It was like four o'clock. Yeah. Somebody was saying that um, they were going to do like tailgate parties and stuff like well, that I, hour before because so, there's always some big surprise that happens. So I, I actually showed up. Um, I was there early then I left and I came back and there was some people out there actually hanging out and uh-huh. somebody had a big tall can. of I thought it was a tall can of beer, but it was tea. OK. And I made the joke. I said, well, it should be a tailgate. Yeah. And then they said, maybe next time we'll do a tailgate, you know, <laughs> at three o'clock to show up with a grill and the, some beers. Yeah. And, yeah. See who shows up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe maybe that could, uh, anybody who has to go into file, they have to slam a beer before they can do it. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll block them, you know. <laughs> Be a good video. So so you get in, and then now there's other people have gotten in, and um, I guess there's you, and there's Lynn Gaddis, and there's Edie Grunwald, Gary Stevens, that Sharon Sharon Jackson, she came, came in last minute, and yeah. then that Stephen Wright character. Mm-hmm. So he's a interesting one but yeah six people and i mean you know lynn's well i mean a lot of you guys are well-known um republicans so mm-hmm. if, if it's close i mean somebody could win with 25 30 percent right right yeah no i, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting race um um uh, uh, um of all those people you mentioned i'm the only one from from anchorage right yeah it's it's interesting because you know lynn and edie they're from the valley right and sharon is from actually eagle river which you know depends on who you if you talk to somebody from yeah. eagle river they'll <laughs> say they're a, from eagle river there's but a debate it's an anchorage municipality yeah um, so um yeah so she's from eagle river and then of course gary's uh in kodiak and uh yeah but steve wright edie and lynn are all valley so you're um how do you feel about things? I mean, it's primary is coming up here in about less than two months, about six, seven weeks away. And you've uh, been running since you filed last year, so it's yeah. Been a well, as you know, longer we, campaign. Uh, one of the disadvantages when you, when um, you're in office, you can't raise money while you're in session. Right. Yeah. So you know, basically, things pretty much shut down uh, from January then through um, middle of May until we until we adjourned, and, uh, and then we got started back up. And you know, fundraising is is the key. Um, you know, people don't really pay much attention to the lieutenant governor. It's just not sexy. Um, you know, I, I think people think all he or she does is 
protect to seal and, and do elections. But as you know, the elections is a very important function. And, right. and it's, it's been one that maybe well, I think somebody hasn't like, got the attention it should have. Someone like you or Lynn, I mean, you guys have been in the legislature and you've right. been there. She was there four years. You've been there. So in that case, I think it might be, um, I'd say, in some ways helpful to the, to the governor to have somebody who really knows the legislat- legislature um, compared to somebody who's, you know, like Edie Grunwald's never run for office before, right. I think, or Sharon Jackson, same thing. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'd like to think that um, the lieutenant governor in particular is one position where you actually want somebody with, with previous experience because if he or she has to step up, um, you know, for whatever reason and fill in as governor, you want that person to know something about, you know, what's going on. Um, so, so yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, uh, again, the governor um, can, can probably be somebody that kind of like President Trump, as you mentioned, uh, who doesn't have previous experience. But um, Lieutenant Governor, I think you want somebody who kind of knows what they're... What Especially they're if the governor doesn't have that experience. Right, that too, yes, um, yes. I, I thought about, this is, I talked, to, I have a radio show I do before, before the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was just on there, but I was, I was joking that I really seriously thought about filing to run in the Democratic primary for lieutenant governor is kind mm-hmm. of a goof, just, just, you know, whatever, and just withdraw. But this, this Blatchford guy withdrew, so if I would have done it, it would have been me and that Deborah Call lady. Yeah, yeah. It would have been fun. I mean, it would yeah. have been, been just fun, you know, yeah. just do nothing and see how many votes you yeah, get. Yeah, <laughs> you, you might have won. But it's just interesting. The lieutenant governor for Democratic side has one person. Right. And you guys have six. Uh, has there been a debate with everybody yet? or no? uh, There's been some, some with four of you, I think. Well, you know, we've we've had like forums. Um, I don't know if just uh, all out debate where you know you ask each other questions, mm-hmm. but but certainly a lot of forums where it's like the, people ask you questions, all and we all have to answer. Yeah, it's like when the presidential thing when there was like fifteen Republican. You know, it was hard to hear hard to hear, really hear from anybody because there were so many people. Yeah, and I, I think that's what the um, uh, we've had a couple uh, Republican state conventions uh one was in juno in march and then um no i'm excuse anchorage, me, that was anchorage, anchorage. Yeah, yeah. Was at the hilton yeah um before that it was in 2016 was in fairbanks yeah but we we had we had a similar event in juno and then um, um and they actually did uh well yeah you were there uh in anchorage where they actually did a straw uh, straw poll yeah straw i remember poll. that right and if you didn't get at least 40 percent support then then you, you basically weren't included in any Republican sponsored events. And so some, some people got thinned out uh, through that process. I know Steve Wright is, is one that is not always uh, with the rest of us when it comes to forms. So do you feel like because you're an Anchorage guy and you've been elected in Anchorage for a long time, you, you might have the advantage in the big city where people might know you? For be, from being around for, for a long time? Well, you know, again, Jeff, that can work to your advantage and, and disadvantage because people know you. Um, you've, you've taken some hard votes. You probably made some people mad. Um, and and um, whereas uh, if somebody who's totally brand new has never had to make no record, a vote. Yeah, no record. Yeah, they, they can say anything they want, basically. And uh, there's no way to, to dispute what they're saying. Um, because <laughs> like Trump. <laughs> he said a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and it worked, right? So, it did, yeah. So, um, um, yeah. I guess, I guess, from a name recon- recognition standpoint, it, it it's good. I mean, um, I, actually, I think Meyer's a pretty good name to have. Um, What'd you say? Hire, I heard hire Meyer. Hire Meyer. You know, and I, I was doing. I did two parades yesterday um, for the, or, yeah, for the Fourth of July. Double, double, double header. Yeah, double header. Yep. And uh, and so what I would do is say, hey, hey, do you want a, a flyer? Um, from Meyer, 
then they go, yeah. And so they take it and then, you know, we kind of play on the name a little bit and say, well, you know, hopefully you'll remember Meyer come the election or, you know, next time you go to Fred Meyer and get Oscar Meyer wieners for your barbecue, <laughs> remember Meyer. I heard, I heard that at the, some event. I heard somebody told me about that. Yeah. So, Fred Meyer, the Oscar Meyer. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, if you can't remember all that, then just remember hire Meyer. So, right. so we're kind of playing on the name um, a, a, a little bit. But, um, you know, I think of all the candidates, what, what separates me uh, from the rest of them is that um, I, I am the only one that's been truly a citizen legislator who has the private sector experience combined with the public sector experience. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, people see value in having that private sector experience and bringing that to, to the public sector as a, as a lieutenant governor and, and as a partner basically with the governor. All right, well, just one more question, then we'll uh, wrap it up. Mm -hmm. What's it like running a statewide race compared to, you know, in the past you've run for the House and then the Senate and the Assembly? Those are, Senate and Assembly are pretty big districts, but I mean, yeah. statewide is a whole different ballgame, right? Yeah, it must it, be very, very different having to travel around and put signs everywhere and yep. radio and all the ads everywhere. What's the big difference, I guess? Well, I, I think I think you nailed it on the head. Ooh, uh, the, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I should try. <laughs> uh, well, it, it just, it takes money. Bottom line, it takes money. Yeah, you I mean, got to raise a lot of money to go statewide. Whereas, uh, when I ran for a house seat or even the senate seat, you know, if I couldn't get, couldn't raise the money for whatever reason, I could knock on doors till I was blue in the face, and and uh, people really appreciate that, and it's free. Uh, but you can't do that when running, especially statewide. in rural. I mean, some, even the guys that run for the rural house districts or senate. I mean, some, some of those are bigger yeah. than a lot of states, right? So you can't. There's none. It must be. Yeah, it must be just very. With your job, you're still working, right? Full, yep, still full working. time, and then you're doing how many events is it right now? It's probably the peak time, right? It's oh, there's there's something every day uh, going on, uh, certainly, and unfortunately, though, most of it's at night. Um, the and the real time consuming events occur on the on the weekends. So, yeah, I'm, I'm able to still work it out, but I, I realize that um, you know, hopefully, we win the primary August 21st, and at, at that time, then you team up with whoever won the primary for governor. And then it's it's full time, you know. You get you got to hit it hard then until November, right? Yeah, it's fourth or well, fifth, whenever. It's, it's really it's really funny that, that 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 Sheldon guy running for governor, Michael Sheldon, him and the Stephen Wright guy are running as a team. Yeah, but it's so bizarre because like you can't run as a team unless you're a you know, like petition candidates like Walker right. and Malat, you know. Right. But but it's just bizarre. I mean, I just everything they where I go, they're a team, you know. But right. in this state, the winner of the lieutenant governor primary teams up with the winner of the gubernatorial primary where other states they pick you know they pick their guy or gal running mate yeah I, i'm not sure how that would work if one of them actually did win the yeah, Republican no, they, primary. Well, sorry buddy i thought we were a team but i guess not yeah. <laughs> see you later because <laughs> <laughs> right. they even have matching jackets so i know it's like, the whole deal yeah right. I mean, i'm gonna ask you next time i see him i'm gonna ask him what if one of you doesn't win like what's gonna what's gonna happen what are you what's going are we gonna have a coup what's going on yeah, i'm not sure they've thought past that yet yeah i don't think so all right, Senator Meyer, I appreciate you coming in here sure, and, uh, Jeff, and doing the thanks. podcast. You're, you're the third person for the podcast. So Great. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank everybody for listening. We're going to be doing many more podcasts, so make sure to tune in. If you have any ideas for podcasts or if you want to come on yourself uh, and do a podcast, uh, let me know. Um, thanks, for, thanks again for listening. Landline Radio.